Hey there, podcast enthusiasts. Welcome to the 40 Under 40 podcast. I'm Caitlin Cromick. And I'm AJ McQuarrie. Get ready for a wild ride as we dive into the minds of extraordinary people in under 40 minutes. That's right, Caitlin. On this show, we ask 40 thought-provoking and insightful questions. All within 40 minutes. These questions cover everything from entrepreneurship to personal development. Career insights to relationship advice. And even the latest buzz in current events. Our aim? To provide rapid-fire, concise answers. That offer unique perspectives and keep you engaged. Get ready as we uncover the brilliance of our guests. In the most energetic and dynamic manner. So, grab your headphones. Or just speakers are fine. And get ready for a high-octane journey of knowledge and entertainment. Hey listeners, get ready for another episode of the 40 Under 40 podcast. For show notes, to watch the video version of our episodes, or to apply to be a guest, visit 40under40podcast.com. Now let's get started. Introducing co-hosts Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. Hey, welcome folks. Hey everyone. We're welcome. on video now. If you're listening, don't worry. But if you're interested, <laughs> go to 40under40podcast.com. You can also watch us because we look good. We look real good. So you don't want to miss this. <laughs> so this is our new format. Caitlin, do you want to explain it or... Yeah, so for those of you watching on video, you'll be able to see it, uh, obviously, more easily. Uh, and, and through audio, you're going to be able to hear it. So essentially what we're doing is we're making this a more rapid-fire podcast to learn more about our guests in a shorter time frame. So we're still the 40 Under 40 podcast, but we have kind of a countdown here at the bottom of the screen that will show up that will kind of show exactly how many questions we've gone through. Our aim is to be super quick with the questions, get some super quick answers so that we move through in you know, way less than 40 minutes. Yeah, so it's 40 questions under 40 minutes. The idea is to keep this, like Caitlin said, a faster pace, more engaging, and we kind of will move things along. Some questions might take longer than others. We'll just see how they go, but it's our job, Caitlin, as a co-host, to keep this thing going. Keep it moving. So with that, let's keep it moving on to our first guest ever on our new podcast is Caitlin Hurley. She has an amazing name. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and she, she's gorgeous. Uh, she's also gorgeous. Um, but no, Caitlin Hurley is actually a, a friend of ours. And she came from a great career. Uh, she went to UCLA. She had an amazing career. And she started something called bracketology, which folks, you're going to hear a lot about. But this is kind of your classic story of something that she started for fun with her friends on the side. Just literally, they were watching The Bachelor and having fun. And then it became so popular that she turned it into a business and she just left her full-time career, I think about a month or two ago, to do this full-time. I love it. I love that you have her as your friend and that we can and bring these folks on the podcast. I just want to say that. Yeah, That's cool. I agree. And it's so cool because we get to learn more kind of about the business side of her. And I'm going to be learning a lot as well. And it's your classic kind of American dream entrepreneur story of doing something fun and turning it into a lucrative business. So we're super excited to chat with her. I can't wait. And I met her at your wedding a couple years back and she was one of the first people I talked to. Actually, I think we Ubered to the venue together. <laughs> so I she's awesome. It. Her husband's awesome. Let's just, uh, let's bring her on. But before that, just a quick word from our sponsors, folks. This podcast is brought to you by Keep Going HQ, the entrepreneur's headquarters where the mission is simple, to fuel your small business journey. Whether you're brainstorming your first big idea or scaling towards that 10-figure dream, 
Keep Going HQ's got you covered with their innovative marketing solutions, expert virtual assistance, and proactive outbound outreach. Ready to elevate your business? Visit KeepGoingHQ.com now. Let's make those entrepreneurial dreams a reality. Why wait? Keep going. Visit KeepGoingHQ.com to learn more. All right. Well, we are here with our first guest of our new revamped 40 Under 40 podcast, Caitlin Hurley, the co-founder and chief revenue officer of Bracketology. Welcome. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks. Happy to be here. So we're so excited to jump in and we're just going to jump right in with questions because we have a lot of questions to get through and we're going to keep it nice and quick and snappy and learn a lot about you and bracketology and, and all the things. So let's get started with where are you from? I'm from Kansas City, Missouri originally, but I live in Chicago. Nice. What are three words to describe yourself? Energetic, driven, and creative. Nice. Amazing. And what's your background in, like, career-wise? I spent the last nine years in performance marketing before I quit my uh, job full-time to start working on Bracketology last month. Nice. And tell us a little bit about Bracketology. Like, what are you doing now with that? Absolutely, yeah. So Bracketology is a fantasy gaming platform for reality TV. Wow, nice short elevator pitch. So what was your job before and how did that, when did you feel ready to make the jump to full-time at Bracketology? Yeah, so I was working in client services at an ad agency and I had done a lot of marketing and I was just really excited. I've been working on Bracketology in some form since 2016, so we've had a long time to kind of continue to work on it and finally felt like after this latest round of funding that it was time to take the leap. Love it. Uh, Tell us how you got that round of funding. Yeah, so um, our first round of funding, we did a friends and family crowdfund. Um, So we raised about $250,000 on a friends and family raise last summer. And then more recently, we just closed around with a family office in Chicago. Um, Someone that worked there had heard about our product, had used it, loved it, came to us and said they might be interested in investing. And um, that's kind of how the relationship started. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so talk to us about what made you start Bracketology? How did this idea come to life? Yeah, so we started what was originally Batch Bracket, which was a fantasy gaming for The Bachelor when I was in college. And we created a league with a spreadsheet and people would text me their picks every week and I would uh, score it in a spreadsheet and text them their scores. Um, And then we formalized it in 2016 with a group of friends. We said, hey, like our friends love playing this. I think other people would too. And that's really when we kind of brought it to the world. So Bracketology has a reality TV theme, right? So what's your favorite reality TV show? I'm a huge Survivor fan. So I started as a, I'm a big Bachelor fan as well, but Survivor is really kind of my game of choice. Where do you see Bracketology in five years? Yeah, so we'd love to continue expanding. So we offer multiple game types for different reality fantasy gaming. So um, people can play. Our app is actually launching next month. So we're actually getting our first mobile app, which we're really excited about. Um, So really kind of continuing to grow, add new shows that are playable, um, potentially enter into kind of like a daily fantasy gaming space. Um, But that's kind of all in the future. 
Nice. Can you share a standout moment that you've had so far, like a milestone as you're building Bracketology.tv? Yeah, I think a big moment that we really thought um, would kind of ruin us that ended up being like our big moment was when ABC actually released their version of Bachelor Fantasy Game. We thought that that was really validating because it was kind of similar to what we had built and they were really um, kind of interested in the market. But it was really cool for us because a lot of people found out about the idea of Bachelor Fantasy from them, um, but then decided to play our platforms. So it was actually a really cool moment for us as hundreds of thousands of people were signing up to play on our platform. Love that. Oh my God, that's so cool, yeah. And how did you find your team? Or like, how did you guys come together as this founding leadership team? So the original co-founders of Batch Bracket um, were three other female co-founders from my work. So we were at a wine lunch, um, got carried away with this idea, and we were like, hey, we could build this. And we ran it ourselves until about two years ago when I met our current co-founders at a networking event in Chicago and they heard what we were working on and they said, have you thought about expanding this outside of The Bachelor? And we were like, interesting, should we team up? And that's how the crew started. Love that. Tell us a little bit how you built your team and do you have any advice for entrepreneurs when it comes to building a solid team? Yeah, I think we just spend so much time together that there's really no there's really it wouldn't work if we didn't really have the same values if we didn't see eye to eye you know even when we disagree we're very much respectful of each other's ideas and supportive of each other our two other co-founders they were have been friends since kindergarten so they kind of are bringing i'm bringing them into bracketology but they're bringing me into their friend group so it's nice to have kind of those dynamics and we also all have very different backgrounds in terms of what we're good at so we're kind of able to bring our own skill sets to the team and our own just backgrounds. And so I think staying diverse and well-rounded rather than having three people that do the exact same thing is important. Love yeah, that. absolutely. What do you think is the hardest part about building a business so far? <sighs> I think just not knowing, like I could not have predicted six months ago that this is kind of where we would be. So there is that level of ambiguity and that kind of like, I'm a big planner and it's really difficult to plan as an entrepreneur. You know, you can do your best to anticipate what's coming, but you have to be able to roll with the punches and to change and, and, and make new choices. And so I think not having that security of like, I can plan every single step and everything's going the exact way I plan is something you definitely have to get used to. Talk to us a little bit about things that you planned that didn't go according to plan and maybe some, like how you recovered from them. Yeah, I mean, just this last year, I think, was the first Bachelor premiere night that we had where our site didn't crash from the number of users trying to use it at the same time. Like, you you spend all this time and energy saying, like, let's get a ton of people to sign up and play tonight. And then on the most important night of the season, like, your product just can't hang because you have so many more people than you expected. These are, like, the good problems to have. But... I'm frantically calling developers and saying like, help, what can we do, like fix it. And so I think you definitely have to just take what comes and figure it out and make the next best move. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel like is your most productive time of the day? I'm a morning person for sure. I'm definitely productive for my first three or four hours. That afternoon window, like I might as well take a nap because my, <laughs> my post-lunch brain is not the winner. A nap uh, or a drink, right? 
depending on the time of day. <laughs> get it, just get it started. <laughs> so uh, do you have a morning routine? Can you talk about it? Yes, I do. So I read for 30 minutes every morning. I'm an avid bookworm. Read for 30 minutes every morning. Then I make coffee and take my dogs outside. Then I do 30 minutes of Spanish. Um, so I'm studying on Duolingo every, every morning. Then I kind of get into emails and work. That's like my grind it out for three or four hours after that. I like having that morning period of like wake up, but get like kind of relaxing morning. And then I get into the work, put the headphones on, um, kind of grind it out until lunch. How do you think you get or not think? This is a this is a no question. <laughs> um, how would you say you get your audience or get your users? What's like your biggest method of getting people to sign up for Bracketology? Yeah, we've been really fortunate up to this point that we haven't had any um, dollars spent on marketing. So all of our marketing up to this point has been through word of mouth, has been through kind of organic SEO that we've built, and then through partnerships. I think partnerships that have kind of authentically happened has been our largest um, opportunity to get new users. So we've partnered with influencers within the reality TV space. Um, we've partnered with kind of podcasts or people that are very interested in the space and they kind of create leagues, they invite their users and we create this kind of nice partnership. So rather than kind of having to pay a bunch for influencers to market a product they don't care about, we've really tried to identify people that care about this audience and this product and use them as a way to spread the good word. Love that. Do you work from home mostly or do you go into an office? Yes, I work from home now that I'm full time. I was previously working basically double jobs um, full time at my agency and then coming home and working on bracketology. Now I work pretty much full time at home. Sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop, but mostly just from my living room with my dogs. Love it. And how do you find ways to keep yourself motivated, especially on hard days when you might not be feeling as excited or energized? Yeah, I think for us, it's just the people that love the product has always been the motivation. And every time we get an email that's like, this kept my family together and active during COVID or like, this is my sixth year winning our league. Here's my trophy. I think just doing it for the, the fans and, and making sure that they love what we're building is really what's motivating. Love that. You mentioned uh, partnerships earlier and the, you collaborate with a lot of folks. Can you talk a little bit about your process and maybe how you find strategic partnerships? Yeah, I think mostly through Instagram has been like our, our prime connector where we see people talking about things that we talk about. And I'll just kind of reach out authentically and say, hey, don't know what this looks like, but looking for an opportunity to potentially work together. Um, and I try to keep it pretty open-ended so that it can be beneficial for both parties. And then I generally hop on a call with them and just kind of learn more about them and what they're doing and kind of what their goals are. And then I think about how bracketology could support them. And then once that happens, we talk about kind of like what that can benefit for us. But I think leaning into what you can offer someone else before you start asking for things has led to a lot more fruitful partnerships and kind of authentic partnerships that both people are invested in. That's really smart. I, I feel like that's an underrated way of going about it. Um, talk to us briefly about kind of in basic terms, your business model. Yeah. So right now, um, all of our fantasy leagues are free to play, free to join. So leagues can be as many people in them as you want. Um, they kind of function like fantasy football for reality TV. And all of our current 
revenues generated through ads. So because it's a free-to-play platform, there are programmatic ads across the site, as well as sponsorships. So sometimes we'll have someone sponsor, for example, our advanced league, and their kind of logo is you know brought to you by. So we do sponsorships in that way. And then we also have email sponsorships. So we do a newsletter called the Rose Rundown, which is kind of everything happening in Bachelor Nation. And it's, it also gets sponsorships through that. So really just through sponsorships and ad revenue so far. Awesome. Being an entrepreneur is very tough, right? Work-life balance. How do you manage it all? Yeah, I think that for me, the idea of being an entrepreneur and what drew me to that idea is the flexibility and the freedom. For me, it's like if I am building something that doesn't allow me to have that freedom, which was the initial point of having the the entrepreneur, like starting the entrepreneurship in the first place, I'm kind of countering things. So I'm really, I really try to be uh, insistent upon how many, what hours I'm working. Obviously, sometimes there's nothing we can do, but I really try to like when my husband gets off work, I'm off work and we have that kind of like family time at the end of the day. Or, you know, if I have a day where I know I'm working late, then I take the morning off. I'm really kind of strict about how many hours a day that I'm working because I know I can be just as productive if I'm working hard and fewer hours than if I'm just sitting at my computer half working for 60 hours a week. <laughs> We've all been there. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a more personal question. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my biggest pet peeve. I think I I really dislike people that approach things like with a that won't work kind of attitude, like that negativity of like, especially without offering a solution. I think it's one thing to say like, hey, that's a bad idea because this, like what if we try this? But I'm such a like we can do it type person. I really don't ever, like I hear things, I'm like we can figure that out is kind of my natural yes. I think I'm just a natural yes and person. And so people that are like no but really doesn't jive well. Love it. You mentioned you have a husband who I actually met at Caitlin's wedding. That was awesome. Yes. You two were like my buddies there. Talk a little bit about how that's been going. Like, has it put a strain on your relationship at all running your business? Is he supportive? That sort of thing. Yeah, totally. So I mentioned like I've been doing this since 2016 when we started Batch Bracket. So it's been seven years at this point. So I think that he's just really excited because he saw us put in so much sweat equity at the beginning, working so hard um, that now that it's kind of turned into a real business that we're feeling like, you know, I, I, I'm working full time for this thing that I've worked for. I think he's just really proud. And, you know, he's an entrepreneur husband. So he has to do the like, hey, I need someone to do these things. Hey, like we're running out of time. I need you to take half of these and send these emails for me. So he's always just kind of two hands on deck if I need him, which is great. Yeah, I love it. I know personally that you went to UCLA. Do you feel, talk to me about if you feel like college helped you in your entrepreneurial journey? Has it been a big factor? Like where has that come into play throughout your career? Yeah, I think that just college, like in general, I think just made me very open to meeting new people and like exploring opportunities. Because when I went to UCLA, growing up in Kansas City, I didn't know anyone there. I had no friends, no family in California. I had never been to UCLA before orientation. I was very much just kind of like, here I am, what do I do now? And so I think just that approach of like, the world is your oyster, like it is what you make it, is kind of what, how I've treated 
life and entrepreneurship. And then, of course, just from an alumni network standpoint, I've had the opportunity to connect with so many people who have started businesses from UCLA or went to UCLA. It's just a nice foot in the door as well um, as we're kind of networking, especially since we're talking to a lot of networks in LA. There's definitely a lot of connections there, too. Yeah, for sure. What did you study at UCLA? I studied international relations and global studies. So um, then I worked in marketing for nine years and now I run a fantasy reality startup. I <laughs> love that. I love it. How do you unwind after a stressful day? I cuddle my dogs, definitely. The dogs help, I think. I think I just like, like I like to read. Like I mentioned, reading is just kind of like a out of this, like get out of this world and kind of into another experience for me. So anytime I'm super stressed, I'll just kind of like retreat into my room and read a fiction book. And that usually does it. Love it. What is your biggest regret in life, if anything? Oof, biggest regret. That one's tough. Hmm. We ask the hard questions here. <laughs> I know that one's really tough. Especially because you're like, oh, now I'm spiraling. What do I remember? <laughs> um, okay, while you think about that, we'll ask you what your proudest yeah. moment in life has been. My proudest moment in life. I honestly think that our crowdfund was one of the proudest moments, especially from an entrepreneurship perspective, because it's one thing to have you know, an investor who believes that they can make money with you to invest in you. But I think to have in our case, over 200 friends and family say like of my, you know, paycheck, I'm going to give this money and invest it in you because I believe in you and what you're building. Like I just cried the first day we opened our crowdfund because so many people from like, you know, my first high school boyfriend and like my kindergarten teacher and like all of these people that I'm just kind of connected through just were like, saw this that I hadn't spoken to and said like, yes, we believe in you and your mission. And like, you know, we want to invest. And that I think was just such a proud moment. Love that. So no regrets. I really don't know if I have any significant <laughs> regrets. I'm a very like positive person that has a hard time. Like even if I think of a regret, I'm like, no, but this came from it. Like mm -hmm. this came from it. So definitely like a lot of pivots in that regard. But no, I don't, I can't think of anything major. I love that. That's okay. We'll, we'll take that as an answer. Who inspires you? Oh, inspires me. Um, I think that I'm very big, like I mentioned, like I, I, I like to read a lot and I think that there's a lot of characters and things that inspire me, but I would say from a like people perspective, Brene Brown is someone that I've always like really admired. And I think that the way that she kind of lives her life and believes in not only, you know, being as a person, but also as an entrepreneur and also as a family member, like I really identify with that. And then I would say like my biggest probably like influence of who inspires me is probably Anthony Bourdain obsessed with him. And I think just like he's very much a person that says like the world is out there for you to grab, like how many experiences can you cram in? And I think that's something that I've always kind of identified with. Love that. Do you prefer podcasts or books? Definitely books. I've just recently tried to get on the audiobook train, but I'm such a I'm such a give me the book, let me lay on my couch and read it type of person. Um, but I do like listening to podcasts at like one and a half because then you can just cram even more info in. So books normally or podcasts at one and a half speed. 
<laughs> I love it. Maximize the time. What have you learned the most about business in this past several years running Bracketology? I think really just learning about business has been one of the biggest things over the last year and a half or two years as we took this from like a passion project to a business. You don't realize, I think, when you create a business from a, from a passion or a need, how you also have to do the business side of it. So, you know, I knew what I was doing when it came to the gaming and the fantasy space and everything. But when I had to start really talking about like what it means to have shares and have this company and incorporate and all these things, learning just what it means to have a business and how to run a business and cash flow and like all of those things combined with the things we were already doing was definitely the newest part for me over the last couple of years. Love that. Where has been the favorite place that you've traveled to so far? That's tough. I get it a lot because I re we recently decided to go international every quarter um, has been our like goal for the last couple of years. So, um, but this year we went to Japan and I think that Japan was probably my favorite trip I've ever done. We did Tokyo and Kyoto and it was incredible. Nice. I love Tokyo. I was there a few years ago. My so favorite cool. too. Yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that be? I think one thing that I always tell myself just kind of in life, and I think it's applicable here too, is just assume good intentions. That's kind of like a motto that I have. And I think when you go into entrepreneurship or relationship building, which really entrepreneurship is so much about relationship building from my experience, is really just kind of assuming that everyone has your best intentions at heart. And everyone that you talk to could eventually be a support for you. And so building those relationships is almost the most important thing outside of like building your business is really just connecting and not in a shallow networking way of like, what can you do for me? But really just establishing authentic connections that can maybe don't pan out now, but three years down the line, come back to you. Love that. What is your overall like plan over the next few years with your with Bracketology? Yeah, I think we're just in growth mode right now. So when the app launches in December, we will be um, really, really hyping it up. I think Joey's season of The Bachelor in January will be kind of like our first premiere on the new app. So very excited to just kind of continue growing user numbers to expand new shows. You know, my dream is really just to continue growing it and working on it. I just love building things. I think seeing things grow and building them and figuring out what's next to grow it is the most exciting part. So as long as it's growing and people like the product, then I'm here here for the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's say you see 10-year-old you on the street. What would you say to her today? I think just like, I would just encourage her to keep not boxing herself in, like keep feeling like there's so many opportunities. I think at that age and even through high school and college, like I had so many interests and I was fortunate enough that my parents were very much like, yes, like, what do you want to do? Yep, sure. That too. Okay, whatever you're feeling. And I think like that ability to explore and try things has made me a lot more well-rounded and also just given me that kind of confidence as an adult to say like yeah I have the confidence to quit my full-time job where I'm doing really well and work on my startup like sure like you'll land on your feet the root of it is like just try things like don't be afraid to jump off because you'll land on your feet Love that. Great words of encouragement to your 10-year-old self. How has your role at Bracketology.tv impacted you personally so far and professionally, if you want to 
throw that in. Yeah, I think it's just increased my confidence and trust in my ideas. It was one of those things where it was kind of a whim. And then I was like, yes, like I trust that this is a good idea. And then I got the feedback that it was. And I think there's something so inspiring about that to be like, I have this idea and have it validated by hundreds of thousands of people is just really, really cool experience. And so I think that it's just helped me kind of like again, like grow, yes, to my 10-year-old self, but also to my current self. It's it's helped me continue to say like, hey, jump, like it's okay. Not only are your ideas solid, but also like you have this massive support system. And I think that's something that's really come out throughout Bracketology's existence is like from our very first season where I was begging friends and family to sign up, like, please, like you can delete your account when like, I know you don't care about The Bachelor, but like, please go make a pick. And there were so many people that come out of the woodwork to support you. And so I think like really shines a light on your support system when you start a venture like this. And that's been really special. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel like? So this is kind of a nature nurture question. And then we have our last question, which is exciting. But do you feel entrepreneurs are born or bred? I think they're bred. And I do think that a lot of it comes from your kind of like internal self. But I think a lot of that is from a childhood. Like I said, like I was always told, yes, you can. And that, you know, your ideas matter and that you shouldn't be scared to share them. And I don't necessarily think that you have to be a kid to to start feeling that way. I think you just need people around you that enable you to feel like that. So whether you're a kid, whether you're 30, whether you're 50, I think having someone around you that gives you the confidence to say like, your ideas are good and like, I'll support you as you pursue this. I think like you can breed an entrepreneur at any time. I think that you don't have to be born one. Love that, I agree. So last question here, great job. This was a great interview. I'm so glad to have you on here. What do you think the future of reality TV is? You know, we had the writer's strike. We have AI happening, going on. Like, what's going to happen with reality TV? Yeah, the writer's strike has actually been crazy for reality TV because you don't necessarily need writers for a lot of the reality TV. So you saw this kind of massive explosion of reality TV over the last year. We also just have such a diversification of content now. So, you know, it used to be even 10 years ago, the Bachelor ratings were skyrocketing because everyone was watching the same thing on Monday Night Cable. Now that we have these streaming networks that we have, um, you know, all these various channels, there's just so many more opportunities. And I think that everyone's a little bit more spread out. And that's really the goal of Bracketology, right, is to unify this community of reality TV fans. And maybe we're all watching different shows, but how can we play along together? How can we kind of unite around the fact that this gamification of television is something we enjoy and that we're excited about? Um, So I think reality TV will only continue to grow. It's clearly something that people love. And Bracketology's goal is really just creating kind of a common space for those fans to engage and have an even better time. I love it. It's here to stay, folks. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin Hurley, <laughs> co-founder, Chief Revenue Officer of Bracketology. Where can people find you? Absolutely. Yeah, bracketology.tv. Um, you can sign up for an account and download our app in December. We're very excited. You can play online right now. Um, but we have all kinds of shows, Drag Race, Bachelor, Survivor, Amazing Race, Big Brother. Race. Uh, the list goes on so yes drag race is coming up so yes love me some drag race i'm gonna sign up all right thank you caitlin great to see you thank you so much bye-bye bye
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review.